Welcome back to Agency Hackers. I am your host, Justine. Today I'm here with Steve Young, the founder of App Masters. I'm so excited to have you on. How are you, Steve? I'm well, Justine. Thanks for inviting me. I'm super excited to be on here. I want to yeah. say Steve P. Young because there's a quarterback with the Steve Young. So I was like, let's differentiate it a little bit. I'm an Asian dude. I'm not, a, you know, <laughs> the quarterback. You're not just a regular Niners. Steve. No, not yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's go Stefan for the rest of the show. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> All right, so let's get started. What does your agency do and how did you start it? Yeah, we are an app marketing agency that's primarily focused on ASO, which is for those who are not in apps, apps or optimization, essentially SEO for the app stores. We help clients just increase their downloads and their revenues. So a lot of great clients that we work with, Spot Hero, Vivid Seeds, Red Bull, all that, but we primarily focus on startups and indies. And so that's what we do. But how it all started, Destine, was podcast like this one. And so wow. I was working for a startup in San Francisco doing growth marketing there. And in 2011, I actually built apps of my own. So I was coding. You're familiar with the barrier. So I was on BART, right? Coding mm -hmm. and making apps. And I was making about $500,000 a month. And it was great side income, but like it was, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Justine, you're probably too young for this, but like I sold cassette tapes when I was in elementary school. So I was like, I want to be an entrepreneur, right? I didn't know what that journey would look like, but I knew apps were growing. So in 2013, I was like, I love podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. I don't want to do a generic business podcast. Oh, let me just do one on apps. I have an app business and let me see if I can learn from my heroes to eventually turn the side business into a full-time business. And so I started interviewing my heroes, co-founder Shazam, Crossy Road, Color Switch, Mafia Wars, trying to learn from how they did it. Through that, built up an audience. We then started coming to me for marketing help. So the agency was born because the audience was honestly the easiest way for me to monetize and be, go on my own. But the audience did ask me for marketing help. And I never thought when I started the podcast that it would lead to that. I really thought I would be making more apps and growing those apps. But we're now like 10 years later of podcasting, we're now making more and more apps and doing pretty well of our own apps too, as well as helping our clients. So that's how it all started, just through, just through a podcast. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. 10 years of podcasting. That's a long time. Has that like changed? <laughs> has that changed from then until now? Like, what are the, what is, yes. how's that been like for you? So, in 2015, I believe, or 16, I started going into YouTube a little bit more. And so, most of our clients find us through YouTube. And I was like, you know, a friend of mine was like, hey, you know, video's doing really well. I was like, hey, dude, I noticed that you're doing some video. He's like, yeah, video's doing really well for me. I was like, really? That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I, was like, I think I could do video. Let's do video. And so I started doing more YouTube stuff. And then eventually in 2020, I decided to, the audio version of the podcast where like you and I are just talking on the audio, right? I was like, let's just go live on YouTube. Have a guest, same format. Let's go live on YouTube. Let's look at other, the audience's app, give them feedback live. Let's have some fun. Let's tell some jokes and let's just turn that into a podcast while we stream on YouTube still. And during the pandemic, wow. I needed that social interaction. And so mm -hmm. just perfectly. And eventually I was like, I can't do both. I can't do this live stream every Friday and a audio only podcast one-on-one -on -one with no audience. Let me just stop the podcast as what we know of a podcast and just take the YouTube live stream and put it on the audio feed. So we still do the podcast, but yeah, next May, we're going to be celebrating 10 years of podcasting. Let's change a bit. Wow. That's amazing. It requires a lot of flexibility. I'm hearing how has 
circling back to the people that you interviewed on the yeah. journey starting, how was that interviewing your heroes? It was fun. I mean, I really love talking to people and learning from people. And to this day, you know, for me, Destine, like I love just getting signals. You know, one person says one thing, you're like, cool, that's interesting. And another person says the same thing. I'm like, okay, I got to really do this, right? And mm -hmm. so it keeps me sharp and it keeps me into the game because I think a lot of times, you know, we, other people, I'm in it. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm differentiating myself being like, I'm in the game. I know what I'm talking about. I'm not just somebody who's talking about apps showing. I'm like, I'm literally in the game. So whether it's helping clients grow, whether it's our own apps, or whether it's just getting signals from the podcast guests. So like, I can just talk about in a different way with the guests versus somebody who might just be like tossing up questions and so forth. So I want to be part of that. And I think that has changed a little bit for me learning all entirely from my guests to then me being like leading the questions. Here's what we've seen from our clients, blah, blah, blah. And then going into it. And then my favorite part now, since we made the shift to YouTube was really looking at the audience's apps. Cause then I think, you know, for my guests too, it highlights them, makes them look like an expert too. And then highlights us being like, hey, we know what we're talking about. Here's some case studies of here's what we did. And here's how we grew downloads and revenues. So yeah, that's how yeah. It, it sounds like experience. It's experience-based. So like, yeah. you know yeah. what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, look, let's not be so serious. Let's, let's have some topics. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love that. So your clients come from just social media? Is it referrals, ads? How's it All like? YouTube, really. Oh. Yeah. yeah. A lot of it's through YouTube. I do no ads. I've never done any ads. And so it's all YouTube. It's all referrals. It's really just creating good content like you guys are doing right now. And then, you know, having people come and wanting to work with you. Because I think creating content just builds that inherent trust. And I think mm -hmm. video does something where they get to see you and they get to feel your energy and get to know you a little bit mm -hmm. that just an audio doesn't do, which, you know, we can tell do right now. So hopefully people are enjoying it. But like, you know, I think video adds a different element to it as well. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, I can, I can experience that as well. Whenever I show my face on Instagram, like it's yeah. almost like people are like, Oh, okay. What are you talking about? Not just audio form. Like, what are you really talking about? I'm interested. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely changes with that. How has just navigating social media and just the changes of digital marketing evolving been like for you? You know, I, I mean, we're trying to do more like TikTok stuff. And so we're trying to, I got somebody on my team creating some of the Cause we go live for an hour. I was like trying to take some like notes like you're doing and be like, Hey, this would be a great reel. This would be a great TikTok, and trying to really double down on that. I think for us, we're trying to be more diversified in our approach because everything is on YouTube. I'm trying to do more LinkedIn content as well. And so when we live stream, we also live stream on YouTube, obviously, but LinkedIn and Twitter and all that jazz. And so I think LinkedIn is a platform that I want to double down on because just the mm -hmm. nature of our business, it's more B2B. And I want to do better at LinkedIn and trying to figure out like what works on LinkedIn. If And sometimes, Justine, it's just about showing up on LinkedIn, on people's yeah. feed. I recently met somebody. She's like, you know, you're like LinkedIn famous. I'm like, what? Because I get no audience from LinkedIn, right? Like nobody <laughs> watches the live streams on LinkedIn. Just that activity helps. And people are like, wow, this guy's always doing something. He's up to something all the time. So it's almost just like being in people's eyeballs. And even if they're not like actively engaging your content, people are paying attention. So I, I kind of, I use that as a little nugget. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. We got to really double down on LinkedIn and just do stuff. Even if they don't interact, like that's fine. 
but we're always yeah. guests, right? And so like they see that I'm doing stuff with other people that are cool and makes us look cool at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I agree. The visibility is so important. I notice as well when I show up on LinkedIn, there's it's a lot more different than me not showing up. So I'm like, okay, yeah, like maybe I think that this process is harder than I think. It's it's really just showing up and then they see you. Would you yeah. say that or what else are you learning right now to just up level your agency? Other than my learning, I mean, honestly, I learn from the people that come on. So I'll tell you this in terms of learning. I recently made a switch with our agency from being like more project based because we used to charge like thousands of dollars for a particular project. And I don't know if you're familiar with like Design Pickle or Bench.co. These are like productized services that charge a subscription. And so in early 2020, I was like, you know what? I can do that. So I love adopting different models that have worked in the in industry and kind of bringing it to the app space. So we changed our model from just being a one-time, you know, here's what we're going to, here's a set of things we're going to do and then be done with it to just be like 500 bucks or, you know, a thousand. We have different plans, but like five, at, at the lowest 500 bucks, you pay as you go. And mm. the LTV of that customer just went, like doubled, tripled, right? And so having to, any agency owner might feel this pain. We have like ebbs and flows of the business. Sometimes it goes really high and we have really super high sales. Sometimes it's like, whoa, it's slow. I better get out there, post some more stuff on LinkedIn, show my face on Instagram. But when I changed that model, it made a huge difference to catch flows. Now it's like a stable business. I'm not, I don't have those stressful months anymore. I feel happier. Now it's just about like growing the team. And then, you know, we have lots of clients that we work with. So now it's just about really growing the team, but that's what made a huge difference. Wow. So for those who may not know what LTV of the customer, <laughs> customer means, can you expand on that? And also just switching from project-based to where you are now? Yeah. So LTV just means lifetime value of a customer. Okay. And so for those who, you know, if you think about it, you're project-based, if you charge, let's just say three to $4,000, that's your lifetime value of a customer, right? Mm -hmm. But when I change it to be a subscription, meaning you pay every month, but you can cancel it every month. So there's been some clients that we work with for a month or two and they just canceled. So their LTV, let's say $500 was $1,000. But mm -hmm. the hope is that you build up enough base that people stay on. So we've got clients who've paid us now $20,000 throughout mm -hmm. a year, right? Or so, but they, paid, they stayed on long enough because they're happy with us that now they paid us $20,000 versus mm -hmm. the 4,000 that was just what we knew used to charge. And then from a client perspective, they're more inclined to sign up with you because there's, they see a $4,000 charge and like, oh man, that's a lot. Like, I don't know if I can afford that. Or is this guy going to do what he says he does? But if you just charge him like a thousand dollars or $500 a month, then you can slowly build that trust. It's less of a barrier for them to enter and then be like, yeah, we actually like working with you. And so even that $500 a month client can turn on that lifetime value can be, you know, five, six, $10,000. And we've got clients who've been with us for two years now, which is cool to say versus, you know, a client that I got to work with for a couple of months, did everything that we needed to do. And then we just said, bye. Okay, we're done with you. Got to move on to the next client. Yeah, that's amazing. Would you say that you have like a preference of what clients that you work with and just who's long-term and who's short-term? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I love working with the big clients because then I like <laughs> to work with Smart Hero, Vivid Seeds, Red Bull, you know. But really, I mean, I love the entrepreneurs, right? Like, I yeah. love 
helping the person, one person that we helped out just with the free content on YouTube. He went from $250 a month to $1,000 a month. You want to guess how many downloads he gets a day? Just throw out a random number. Zero to Five. 100. 500. Oh, 100. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I was about to go 500,000. Okay. 50. <laughs> no. So you went from only $250 a month to $1,000 a month, but with only 15, one, five downloads. Right. So that's the type of story that I love to share. Wow. It's great to, to work with the big companies, but this is where it's like life-changing. If I grow revenues for a big company, great you know, applaud, their stock goes up, people become richer. But if I make a difference in one person's life, that means way more to me. And so the, another person that we helped 17, eventually he went from a dollar a day to $50 a day. But he's like, Steve, I can almost like leave my full-time job and do this full-time, do apps full-time. Like, you know, that's cool to me versus just all the big names. Big names are cool. Okay. I love you guys. So come, <laughs> but the cooler Keep ones going. I always remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It sounds like you are prioritizing just building relationships. It's more than just the dollar. It's about the people. Would you say that your journey from the beginning until now has changed with that, with just the types of clients that you work with, or it's the same? Yeah. Yeah. Never, yeah. I think it's always yeah. been about the people. That's been the, I mean, if I had a pillar, I wasn't, I'm not a very like, planned out person so but if i had a vision board for what the podcast would have been in 2013 it was the people like what really helped me leave that job was i joined a mastermind while I was still you know working I joined a mastermind there's 50 of us that started out it's called fire nation elite part of john lee dumas's entrepreneurial fire but i was a big fan of his podcast and when he started this mastermind i was like i'm just in and then it was that community where in the private facebook group people were like hey i'm I, I'm quitting. I'm quitting. So we're all like side entrepreneurs and we wanted to be eventual entrepreneurs. We had, I'd done a lot of things on the side, but never, hmm. never had the courage really this thing to like, I think it was hmm. really fear that was holding me back. But when I saw that activity in that private Facebook group, I was like, telling my wife, I was like, honey, I think I can leave. You know, we have an audience. I have this consulting client. It's not, it's half of what I was earning, but I think I could figure out how to make out the other half. And so what do you mm -hmm. think? She has her own business as well. And she was like, all right, let's do it. You know, I was like, this is what I've been wanting all my life anyways, let's do it. And so it is all about community. It is the podcast, everything. Like this thing, one of the first guests, co-founder Shazam, right? My podcast mm -hmm. was tiny. I was like, can you please come on to my app podcast? And he's like, <laughs> right, I'll do it, right? But I've been in, in touch with them still. And so we're going to do an event next year in 2023. I was like, Chris, I can't do this event without you. Like, you mean so much to me. We've gotten lunch. He's come out to other events. So it's all about community. And I live and breathe it. Like, I wouldn't be where I am at today if it wasn't the audience, if it wasn't the guests. It's all about community. So that is the core thing. And everything else branches out from that. That's so amazing. I love that. Just emphasizing on just service-based and the people, you know, what's an example of like a marketing strategy that you give with the, like that you give to clients for their apps? What would you say? I mean, yeah. So like the biggest one that I think is, has made a huge difference, especially for that one app that was able to get to a thousand down dollars a month with just 15 downloads was longer pricing pages. So, you know, as somebody who runs an agency that, longer paywalls, like pricing pages on these e-commerce sites or like especially digital courses are doing really well. They, you know, they perform, you know, click funnels, lead pages, all the jazz. And so when 
I started thinking about the app side of things. I was like, you know what? Why wouldn't it perform well on apps? Like longer pages where you just keep scrolling and then you see the paywall and you sign up. Mm -hmm. And so I started talking about that and I was like, look, you have to do this. Like this will increase your conversions. And now we've seen that, you know, client, the, the one that 50 X is downloads. That's what we did. He optimized it and he was able to increase his revenues. We have four X, 12 X. So we have all these case studies now that longer paywalls on apps where people, you know, tend to be like very fickle, they do work well. And so those are some of the strategies we look at. We really look at the app and kind of think through like, all right, what is the title going to be? If you guys are familiar with the SEO, you know, search engine optimization, you know that the title is very important for the app. So it's like brand and then having the main keywords in there. There's a subtitle that's equally important. There's a keyword field. So back in like early 2000s, there was this key meta keyword field for SEO as well. So we really try to optimize that along with like the onboarding flow. So what's that user, mm. first time user experience of the app? What does that paywall look like? And then helping them obviously grow downloads, but make more money from their apps too. Yeah, that's amazing. Sounds like you really are just getting tedious with the all the different details that comes with marketing. Yeah. What would you say is your process of building your team and just, you know, earning the trust of your team members and things like that? Oh, man. Well, that's been the hard part. You know, you, you were kind of, we have on here, like the biggest rock. I think it is growing the team, letting go of some of these things. I love being involved with mm -hmm. our clients heavily involved and so it's almost like trusting them investing in them is the way i would best put it it's like putting my time to try to train them into my approach and then letting them go has been the hardest thing but one thing that i try to do is you know we have a re very remote team and just giving them flexibility if you can work whenever you want just get stuff done mm -hmm. need some overlap in terms of like we all need to be around at a certain time in case things need to be talked about, but do whatever you want, you know, work whenever you want. And, you know, we have, I have employees that have been with me for 10 plus years now. Like when I first started on the side, I hired them just mm -hmm. on a side basis and they, they're, they now are full-time with us, but you know, they are with me for 10 plus years. So those merge and locks, they, they've been with me for 10 plus years. And that is the most humbling thing from an employee mm -hmm. retention perspective too. Yeah, understandable. Were they with you? So they were with you for 10 years. This is, this is even before the podcast. Well, this right? was when I first started the podcast. I was like, I need help. <laughs> I need some <laughs> just to help me out. And yeah. so, yeah, they, they started with just doing like side things of the podcast. And then eventually, you know, now Merge runs like all of operations for me. And then Locks, like she started out just like doing manual work like more data entry type of stuff. And then like mm -hmm. now she can, she edits the podcast. She's been doing nice. some video editing. She does ASO for me. So like, she's really grown from a skills perspective as well. And that's really cool to see. And she took the initiative to like, see, I was like, Lux, can you edit this podcast? I'll create this video and kind of show you how I do it. And can you start, start taking it over? And she's like, all right, I took, I just started taking it over. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. perfect. Awesome. That's amazing. Just the entrepreneurship journey comes with so many, so much trial and error. <laughs> I mean, you could, that could be a whole podcast episode, but you know, how has the, how has it been just deciding that point where you were at just deciding like, I need a team. Like how has that changed up until now? <laughs> <laughs> you know what, honestly. Okay. So I've made a mistake. I've hired people and I went into debt and I needed to take out a loan. This was a few years, 2017. And I was like, oh shoot, I went overboard. So I almost like get to a point where 
I'm stressed. I'm mm-hmm. overloaded. We have cash in the bank. We should hire somebody. So mm-hmm. because of that mistake, I've been so like lean with our cash flow and expenses that now it's like, okay, we have enough cash in the bank. We should start hiring because I'm feeling really stressed and everybody feels overwhelmed. And so I get, when I hit that overwhelm limit is when I start thinking, okay, we need to really grow because this isn't, this was great as a little small little business, but now it's getting into something more serious. And so I don't like, for me, I guess I'm very fear of like risk averse and that I don't want to make that same mistake again. So I need to feel that pain of overwhelm and too much work. And I'm like, all right, I got to hire this out. And that's, that's what I would did like in the early days too, when I wasn't making any money whatsoever on the side, like the podcast, this thing, I was editing the podcast. I had this one guest that would, after every question, he would be like, um, and I was like, this is so annoying. Like this guy's got to stop. Right. I was like, this guy's got to stop. <laughs> it was editing, 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 taking out all these. Out. <laughs> And I was like, all right, I, I need to, I need help. <laughs> like I can't. <laughs> so that's when I felt the pain. Cause it was, I was like maybe 20, 30 minutes into editing and maybe two minutes into the actual interview. <laughs> like, forget this. I can't do this. So when I felt that pain, I was like, okay, I need some help with this and help with this. And so, yeah. Feeling that yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It gets to a point where support, you know, would help you. It helps serve you rather than what you think it might be. But that's so interesting. Cause I, when I watch some <laughs> podcasts on YouTube and I notice the beep, beep, I'm like, wow, so many edits of what they're saying. I, it's <laughs> so <laughs> noticeable. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, funny. That's funny. What else would you say is just keeping your agent, keeping your agency from leveling up right now? Oh, keeping my agency from leveling up. Yeah. Well, can I first say that you're amazing at this? Like, this has been a great yeah. conversation. <laughs> like, Thank you so I've been on a few other podcasts. Go, like, that's great. Let's move on to the next question. I'm like, bro, <laughs> this needs to be a conversation. <laughs> I think honestly, it's just the team. I think people say it all the time, right? Like the team is the most important thing. So it's the people. And once I feel like I have a system in place and trusting the people, I think as I've hired more people, I felt more stressed. And like, I like to be a happy guy, but I was like yelling constantly at my team. Being like, wow. So it was also figuring out, okay, what type of organization in terms of like team structure do I need to put in place so that I'm not directly reaching out to each and every single, and we don't have a big team. Okay. It's seen, we're only like eight people, but like, I'm not like one-on-one contact. So I was like, all right, merge. You've been with me for the longest. I really trust you. And you need to be the middle person in between me and you. So I just tell you what to do everything and you make sure it gets done. And that's been a hard learning process because I just felt so stressed. And I was like, I'm not this guy who yells at all the time. So yeah. Delegating right. tasks. Yeah. I'm hearing that. Oh man. <laughs> The ups and downs on the flip the side. I can see on your face. You're like, oh, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, on the flip side, what are just some great things that you enjoy right now? Just at the place that you're at right now. Just getting, I'm hearing that you're really stable. What's next? What, what's what's good? <laughs> I, I want to do more. I used to do these events and it get to your community point, right? I'm living it. I used to do these retreats where it was like 10 to 12 people. I started with 30. Cause I always wanted mm-hmm. 30. I didn't want too big, but I want to do more events where I can build more of community aspect, do something different than most. I feel like some of these events, they're all the same crap. Like, like uh, speaker, 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 all that jazz. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you feel this thing, but I was like very few people 
can handle a stage all on their own and keep it exciting and moving, right? So I want to do more events next year. It's in celebration of the our 10 years of podcasting, and I want to disrupt the event space a little bit. I know people use that all the time, but I really want to do something different because I've learned a lot from just going live on YouTube already that and hosting for 10 plus years that I'm like, all right, I think I could bring this to an event that I haven't seen done. And so mm. that's what gets me excited. And I, I really do enjoy doing the live stream every Friday. It's something I needed when the pandemic hit. And now it's something I look forward to even on my most tired days, right? It's like, Hey, when the camera's on, you got to be on. And so bring yeah. it. Let's go. That's amazing. Would it be global? Would it just be within States or you're, yeah, you're thinking well, big expansion. Yeah. So I've done events in Bali. I've done events wow. in Spain. They weren't that, like a lot of people, okay? But there was more than <laughs> like three or four. <laughs> it wasn't like a hundred people. <laughs> it was just like a handful of us. But yeah, like I, I want to go, I want to go more global, but we're going to start in San Francisco. That's just where I'm at. And then slowly branch out to possibly Europe and London. And it gives me excuse to travel too. And then I want to do more boot camps too, because I found that, you know, these events, I'm all about community. So like, I'll let other people talk and share their stories. But one person that I really love, she was like, Steve, I came for you. Okay. So you need to talk more. You need to show things more and stop being like, Hey, I don't, I didn't come for Jack over there. I came for you. <laughs> and so I want to do more boot camps where I can travel, have it still intimate, like 10 to 15, but really look at a person's app. Be like, let me look at your campaigns. Let me look at your ASO and dive deep into the details to really help them out. So I want to do more of that. I know a lot of event organizers in the app space and so sort of piggyback off of their event and then maybe do a boot camp right afterwards. Yeah. I want to do more of that. I want to go back to in-person stuff. Mm, I know, especially after COVID, we're all trying to get back to in-person stuff, right? It sounds, sounds like a lot of collaboration. Do you have any favorite agency scaling influencers, authors, et cetera? Mm, let me think. That's a good one. I think... For me, I have my books over there. So that's why I'm looking through. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the books I really enjoyed reading was the Grant Cardone one, Be, Be Obsessive or Be Average. That was pretty good. And I know it's not like agency focused, but I really like that. And then there was an agency book. I have it up here. Let me grab it real quick. Yeah. This one's really good. You know this one? 100 Million Offers by oh, Alex. I'm writing it down right now. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> So yeah, like he, it was really good and it's more about sales and funnels and all that stuff. But mm -hmm. I think what I like to do from an agency perspective is what industry am I in? I'm in apps. What other things are happening in the space that I can adopt? And so when I saw Design Pickle and, you know, WP Curve was the first one that I felt like did it where they were charging like a hundred bucks a month for WordPress support. And I was like, wow, and they sold to GoDaddy. And then Design Pickle has been huge too. So I started thinking about that model and adopting it. I actually started a different company called Copy Masters where I was like, for, for, for 500 bucks a month, you get like a blogger and you can get content. Mm. So you just tell us and we'll write the content. And I was like, why did I do that? Because it, it was okay. You know, we had a couple of customers on there, but I was mm. like, why did I do that? Why didn't I just apply this business model to what people actually know me for, which is app marketing. And when I did that, that made the big shift. So books are great, but I also like to pay attention to what else is happening in the industry and how can I adopt it for my own particular industry? Because it'll be new 
to me for apps, mm -hmm. right? Whereas maybe people are used to design people like, oh, I see this is design pickle. It's video husky, all those guys. But yeah, trying to adopt other business models. I see. Yeah, it's so important being open in any industry, but especially apps because apps are changing constantly. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> How has that been just with the changes with apps and I mean, the reels now with Instagram, TikTok, just those changes. Right. <laughs> it, it's been crazy. You know, I think there's a disconnect between what most of these events talk about with apps and what my audience is more entrepreneurial. And so I think it's been fun. Mm -hmm. That's what keeps me interested. You know, back in my career, you can see me like especially early on, I was at a job for like a year, I'd leave a job for a year, leave. Cause I was like, I want more money. I wanted more responsibilities. I want to learn more. So I would just leave. And the longest job I had was the last job I had was four years. Now, obviously this has been my longest. This has been like nine years of my own, 10 years of podcasting, but it was because it kept me interested. Like he let me do a, a lot more scraping, email marketing, content marketing, like everything I was doing. And so with the app stuff, everything is changing. That's what keeps me interested. It's not like I'm just writing copy or building websites and things don't change that much. Maybe people are using Webflow from WordPress, but it's like apps are constantly changing that it just keeps me very, very interested in the space. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just the entrepreneurship journey, maybe not all are, you know, desiring to enter that path, but I mean, it's different every day. It doesn't always look the same and that's what's exciting about it. Yeah. So I've just really enjoyed this conversation. I do want to transition. Do you have any advice for agency owners listening to this? I'm sure they're enjoying this conversation as well and your peers as well. No, I mean, I would say just keep at it. I think definitely look yeah. at your business model and see if there are some changes that you can make. I, I took a risk. Now, what I did was for me, when I made the switch to more like subscription base, I didn't mm -hmm. immediately just change my website. I was like, hey guys, you know, I would talk to a lot of people because we'd get a lot of inbound leads, but I was like, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? Here's, and I just had a presentation. I just had a PowerPoint, right? Like a Google slides. And then I was like, you interested, you interested in this, you interested in this. And so I think moving to subscription is one that I'm very excited about. And I think a lot mm -hmm. of agency owners, you know, we call it probably retainers, right? Like, Hey, I've been doing this row for like 20 years. It's like call the retainer. You're just calling it a subscription. But like, I think it's made a complete difference in my business. And so that would be the theme. And I hope people walk away with that. Cause I even talked to another agency owner. He's like, bro, I got like $60,000 of expenses every month. And you know, this recession's hitting. And so like business has been hard. I'm like, think about this. I think you're, everybody's trying to go after the big guys too. A lot of our clients are not the big guys. They're the smaller guys. So I'm really, you know, going after like the small business owners, the small business owners of the app space and yeah, yeah. great content, great, good content. It will do yeah. wonders for you. <laughs> Thank you for that. You know, it just sounds like it just sounds like being open, being flexible. And that's what this entrepreneurship journey really, really is. But other than subscriptions, what else would you advise to agency owners listening to this just in the app industry? Oh, in the app industry. Yeah. In the app industry, honestly, just look at sorry for the app owners or people running agencies for that. People running agencies for the apps. Okay. Running agencies for apps. Don't compete with me, number one. And then two, I think really honestly, just create good content. Like that is, yeah. that has made a huge difference. I wouldn't be where I am today if I just didn't bring on good guests, talk to them and try to learn. And so even some of the content that I'm like, should I share this? Should I make this for free? Or should I put it behind a paywall? 
And I was just like, oh, just make it for free. And then it does wonders for you. Like you think that you're like, oh, it's a secret strategy. Now, some things I am trying to keep more secret these days because I'm such an open book that I've been more reluctant to. But I think most people fall on the other side where they're more secretive and they don't want to share. And I would probably mm-hmm. push you towards sharing some of those things that you do for your clients because most people do not want to do it themselves. They're going to likely hire you. And so we shared how we structure Apple search ads campaigns. We shared Mm. how we do ASO. Like it's a free, if you do nothing, that's why I was like that guy who Forex's revenues did it for absolutely free. He didn't pay us, just watched our content on YouTube and he was able to make more money. And that's, that's the cool stuff. So it will long-term, it's a great long-term strategy. Yeah. It sounds like just being vulnerable, right? Being open and just recognize that, recognizing recognizing that the people listening are similarly going through the same thing as you are. Would you say that you've battled through any doubt or just hardship <laughs> throughout the years? Yeah. All the time. All the time. I mean, yeah. I had to take out a loan, right? Like I had to take out a loan yeah. and all the time, you know, I generally, I don't feel confident. Like a lot of people like, how do we 10 X this? How do we go to a million downloads? And I'm like, I don't think like that. I'm like, how do I get to like 10 downloads? And then how do I get to 50? I think like that. And so, yeah, self-doubt yeah. is always something that I deal with. And it's doing the podcast, doing more of these things where you get that positive reinforcement. And so I always want to be the biggest cheerleader for anybody that I talk to so that people who go from like 250 to just a thousand dollars, I'm like, bro, it's not just a thousand dollars. You should be extremely proud of that. Right. And I want to be the biggest because I do think that we all struggle with self-doubt. So anybody that I come in contact with, I want to make sure I'm your biggest cheerleader. And so, yeah, I, I think it's always there for me. Yeah. That's huge. I saw a graph that said like it was doubt and it was like this high it was high. And then it was like doubt after taking that action, it was a lot lower. So it's just a matter of just taking the action first. But, you know, this conversation has been great. How can people contact you and just see all all the things, all the things? Just at masters.com. And then if Mm -hmm. you go to at masters.com slash YouTube, that's where you'll find all our app marketing content, but at masters.com or at masters.com slash YouTube. Go hit that subscribe button. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, go for it. Hit that subscribe, like, share. <laughs> like and subscribe, like and subscribe. <laughs> well, Steve, I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank Same. you so much for coming on. This was so awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, where'd you go? Wrong button. You know, I hit like oh, leave. <laughs> I would hit leave and I would hit end. I'm like, oops, wrong button. I hope the person's still there. I'm trying to hit unrecord. They're going to edit this, but dang. Okay. Whoopsies. Justin, tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, Oh, there we go. Stop. Okay. <laughs>